This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. So glad you're joining us on this beautiful Sunday. I'm Jason Laidler, joined, of course, as usual, by the world-famous Ted Walsh. Good morning, Mr. Walsh, and how are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you on this wonderful... Last Sunday of May? Historic day in May. Yeah, last show of the month of May for us. Mm -hmm. I'm well, thank you. Thanks for asking. Um, We've got a busy show, as usual. Um, thank you to the listeners out there who got up early to join us this morning. And if you're just joining us, we hope, uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, I mean, we hope you enjoy the show and learn something and become a regular listener. We do get lots of compliments. We're going to talk about that later on, actually, so I'll leave that for now. But but let's, um, let's get a couple of uh, interesting events. Let's touch on a couple of interesting events here before we get down and dirty to talk about the probate stuff, which we're going to do. Ted, I know you're excited, and tell us why. What's what's happening? Well, it's the annual running of the uh, greatest spectacle in motorsports, which is the Indianapolis 500. Okay, so that's a car race, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, come on! You don't know. You got it. Everybody yeah, but, knows. But, but I mean, the like Indy 500. Yes, it's, yes, it's a car race. Is it, is it stock cars? No, F1? it's, it's Indy it... cars. They're open wheel cars. They're similar to, to Formula One cars, except they uh, they don't utilize power steering. Uh, really, they're a little heavier. So IndyCar... They're well, not as fast in the takeoff. What does Toronto host? That's Tor an Indy, Toronto right? hosts uh, an Indy race, yeah. yeah Montreal it's... hosts a Formula One race. Yeah, okay, okay. So they're, so they're similar in, in that sense. The, the, the F1 cars, the Formula One cars are faster because they're lighter and they, they'll take off faster yeah. than the Indy cars. But the Indy cars, like, for example, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which is a two-and-a-half-mile oval... They will uh, hit speeds in excess of 230 miles an hour, and you won't find that on Formula One or in NASCAR or any other sport right. other so than drag racing. This is something that's on TV, and you're going to watch it? It's on television. It's, it's That's a big deal? It's huge. Okay. It's huge. Well, good. Enjoy. So it's 11 o'clock this morning. And Let me know how it goes. You get to sing uh, back Watching home. these cars go around and round. It's and more round than that. It's more than see. That's the thing. It's like people who don't play golf think it's 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 a boring and easy game until you try it. Okay. Uh, you, you imagine being in in one of these cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Don't call me now. Imagine being in in, in it's one, a listener calling yes. into the show. Yeah, exactly. It must be somebody I owe money to. Nobody else would be up this early. Uh, imagine driving in one of these cars, though. You, you think about it. You're you're three, four inches away from yeah. the next car, and you're, you're open wheel, right? There's, there's, there's no bumpers or anything, right? But isn't F1 open wheel as well? They are, but they don't go that fast. Okay, all right, all right. All right. So you're three and a half inches away from a car, and then you're like a foot and a half or a couple of feet away from a three-foot concrete wall. Well, it sounds like the Don Valley Parkway. Well, at, 200 and, right. at uh, 237 miles an hour. That's okay, not well, kilometers. En enjoy, enjoy watching the cars go round and round and round, and let me know uh, how that goes. Let me know who wins. You know what else is uh, happening today? I'm not going to let you know. <laughs> In fact, I, I, hope Look, you, I hope your television I, goes and you won't even be able to I brought you a snack. Again. It's the greatest race Once you again, I brought you a snack. You did. Because... It's National Biscuit Day. You right? never commented on the on, on the on the beets and, and the horse riders. Did I not? My daughter brought for me. It was it was lovely. I, I returned your I washed out your Tupperware containers and returned them uh, a yes. while ago. And I yes. told you it was fantastic and I loved it. Okay, but she didn't say that on the air. Well, I've said it on the air now. Okay, okay so I brought two varieties of biscuits. Well, this one is like these are like regular tea biscuits. Did you steal these from your grandkids? <laughs> no, I bought them, of course. And of course, you can't have biscuits without having a. A shortbread. That's a shortbread that you just mm -hmm. you're sampling right mm -hmm. now because, you know, we, I, we don't. Unfortunately, we don't have the tea, but whatever. We got the biscuits, so mm -hmm. that's good. Um, a bit of uh, early breakfast. 
biscuits for breakfast. I guess mm. it could be worse, eh? Mm. Okay. So Ted can't talk right now because his mm-hmm. mouth is full of biscuit. Mm. Um, it's also really excited about this. It's uh, it's paperclip day. I love that. Yeah, and I gave you a paperclip this morning already. I remember reading the story how the paperclip was invented, and, and I, I can't recall how it goes. Oh well, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing you're telling us on the radio then. That but I think it was another one of, the, the one of these. I think it was another one of these. Didn't mean to invent it, but we invented it anyway. Stories. Okay, kind I believe like, that. I mean, that happens like all the Vel- time. Velcro. That's yeah. the way Velcro was invented. That's probably it's all probably an urban myth. But anyway, what a Velcro? Yeah. No, you know how that happened, don't you? How would I know how that happened? A guy went out for a walk in, in the woods with his with his uh, with his dog, and his dog got caught up in all these burrs. Uh huh. So he came home and he started pull, pulling the burrs off, and he was fascinated by the way the burrs worked and I how see. they they hooked around uh-huh. and they worked with. And that's how Velcro was, was invented. Was the dog's name Velcro? No, but that's how oh. Velcro was invented. I do have a paperclip story though, and and again it may be urban myth or, or whatever, but I think. A little while ago, and I mean like 10, 15 years ago, wasn't there a story about some guy who was going to trade up everything until yeah. he got a house, and he started with a paperclip? Yeah. So he said, you know, I'll trade you this paperclip for, I don't know, a pencil or a pen. Yeah. And then he, was, then he went to someone else, I'll trade you this pen for a deck of cards and blah, blah, blah. A wheelbarrow. Yeah, just, and then yeah, it kept yeah. getting bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah. and, the, and the idea was that for the cost of a paperclip, he ended up getting a house. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Did, did he actually get the house? I don't I, know. I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, I, I know, I know the story you talk about. And it's quite, quite fascinating. It is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I could, it probably took some time, but hey, a house, I think. a house in the GTA today for the price of a paperclip—that's a pretty good deal. I remember my brother and I at uh, Christmas time we would sit there and we would take uh, elastic bands with paperclips when my parents and grandparents weren't around. Yeah, and we would just go, and we'd shoot. fling them. We'd shoot um, the bulb decorations, the big fat bulbs hanging in the tree. Well, and then my mother and grandmother, you know, later on, go, "Well, how did this break? Why did this break?" Oh, charming. Until they started finding paper clips on the floor, uh-huh. and they put two and two together. Well, speaking of um, decorative bulbs, yes, <laughs> the studio looks a little different today. You know what? I, I wish I could. I wish we were on camera here. This studio. Let me paint, paint a picture here. This is a circular table. In the middle of the circular table is a little box. On top of the box, so there are four arms connecting to four different microphones. Well, surrounding those four microphones are wires, so the end of each wire are plastic two-inch flamingos with light bulbs <laughs> inside fl- them. They're more than two. They're like well, four maybe, inches. Maybe four inches. Yeah, hey, don't okay. break it. Don't break the flamingo, man. Yeah, not... So and and I thought, well, did I just walk into like a like a like a really bad sixties bar? Or what is this? Well, I got here before you did. Yeah, you did. And um, I strung. I guess you could call them like they're like patio lights, right? They're like pink flamingo patio lights because it's pink flamingo day, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ted didn't believe me when I said that when he arrived here at the studio, but. I'm just wondering, you see, because this is about this is about as much room as I would need. The length of this string would probably cover the circumference of my cat's bed. But I, and I'm wondering whether my cat would would like to have a. It could uh, a bed. could torment the cat. Who knows? Well, that's the thing. You never know. Is that what you're trying animals. to do? You want to torment torment no. the cat? No, no that wouldn't be very that. nice. No, no, no. So yes, it is also Pink Flamingo Day, and I just couldn't resist uh, sharing that with the listeners today, and. And I had to find some sort of uh, iteration of a pink flamingo, and I found mm-hmm. these patio lights, and I couldn't resist. I strung them up. So the good news is they're for you to keep. I bought a box for you and a box for Kelly. Now, where did pink? Thank you. Well, where did pink flamingo? Where did the concept of having pink flamingos adorn one's yard? I have on, no, on, I on have their no idea. I have no idea. But I do. But I. Because I don't know the answer years to your ago, question. My, my friend Zenin went out and bought a hundred of them, or rented a hundred of them, yeah. and we had them planted on uh, Hazel McCallion's... For her hundredth? For her hundredth birthday. I know that's a thing. And I was that's kind of what I was looking for, but I found these and I thought these were even better than the yeah. stand-up kind. But here's a question that might be a silly question. Do we have pink flamingos in Canada? Like like natural ones? I'm sure there's some in the zoo, but... I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Maybe. But I wasn't sure if we had them out east, like on, uh, on the coast. Scarborough? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Scarborough. The pink flamingos of Scarborough, downtown Scarborough? Yeah. Okay. At the mall? Yeah, I, I don't know. 
All right, listen. Good we, question. Somebody's sitting there going, you idiots. I know, I know. They probably say that every week, Ted. Well, um, probably do. They probably do, and uh, rightly so. Okay, listeners, sorry that we've uh, gone on a little bit long here in the opening segment to talk about uh, stuff that's not really important. We are going to talk about some stuff that is important. We're going to talk about probate stuff. We're going to talk about something called the executor's year. That's a thing. That's a that's a concept. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about other things. We're going to talk about some mailbag items. We've got a, a jam-packed show full of good stuff, hopefully as usual, and hopefully you're going to enjoy that and learn something. We're going to take our quick first break, and we'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Well, it's time to head down and talk to our friend Tom Mahalik at Tom's Place. They're located in the heart of Kensington Market, 190 Baldwin. As a matter of fact, where you are going to find all those fabulous clothes that you're desperately searching for now that the weather has changed. Shorts, short sleeve shirts, all kinds of lighter fabrics, too. Anything kind of stick out this year, this season, Tom? Ted, thank you very much. And it's interesting that it does stick out, that people are buying more dressy casual pants. People are buying more dressy casual clothing. You know, at one time they said, well, uh, people are not going to wear dress pants or dress shirts. That's all wrong. People are wearing dressier clothing. It might be casual, but dressier. Online sport jacket, beautifully styled sport pants, Mm -hmm. beautiful shirts. So at Tom's Place, we follow suits because we know what the customers want. And we know that suits will never be out of style. And you know, I love that whole concept because you can get a nice shirt or a nice pair of pants and you can wear it with a pair of jeans or with, with a casual shirt or you can wear it with a suit because it matches everything. It's, it's very flexible and very breathable too, which is really important this time of the year. Thank you, Ted. It's always great to hear you on the radio. Love it. Goes without saying, the prices can't be beat. Tom's Place, 190 Baldwin, in the heart of Kensington Market. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Hey, you are listening to, and a good morning to you, the Avoid Probate Show. Oh, I thought you were talking to me for a second there. I, I am I talking to say you. Good morning. He's Again. Jason Laidler. I'm Ted Wallison, and the information we provide for you in this program each week is for general consumption only. It's not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice. Every situation is different, so if you do have legal or investment questions, we can guide you to a legal person. Mr. Laidler can help you with your investment questions. He's qualified to do so. And so you can contact us for any direction, any questions, any comments, several ways. First of all, you can email info at avoidprobate.ca. That's info at avoidprobate.ca. Or total free, 1-844-667-7628. That's 1-844-667-7628, and Jason will get back to you as soon as possible. Yep. All right. Thanks, Ted. Um, Did you you turn your phone off, by the way, on the break? It's off. Okay, great. So let's uh, move on here. It is the Avoid Probate Show, and we're glad you're here. We're going to talk about some probate-related items. I'm going to tie it all in, as um, I often try to do. That's the goal. You know, there's lots of facets to, to probate in estate planning and how probate is part of estate planning. And we try really, really hard here on the Avoid Probate Show to stay focused and, and, and tie it together, tie it to probate somehow. It's not the, uh, you know, the travel show for seniors or the um, kale salad recipe or anything like that. It's, it's all things related to probate. So that's what we're going to do. Let's jump in. I've got an article here from um, Advisors Edge. Uh, magazine, which is one of the industry magazines that I get on a regular basis. Well, before I, before I get into the article, well, I'll tell you, the article's called Breaking Down the Executor's Year. The Executor's Year, it's an, it's an unofficial concept. We're going to talk about it. But I've said, before I read the article, I've said on the show many, many times that you do not want to be an executor in Ontario if you can help it, because it is a lot of work. It is a lot of responsibility. It can be expensive. There's there's stories out there that are easy to find where executors are out of pocket because of the work they've had to do. Some people think of it as a badge of honor. I understand that. I think we've talked on that. We've touched on that before. Some people just feel it's their duty. You know, uh, mom's gone, and the, le- the least I could do is be the executor for her estate. But you really need to 
you really need to think about this uh, role, this obligation. You, you're, it's not an, well. It's not an obligation in the sense that just because you've been named as an executor doesn't mean you have to act as the executor. We've talked about the concept of renunciation before, uh, and we taught we told a story about where a renunciation application was denied, which is I think is kind of funny. It's not really funny, but anyway, okay. Let's jump into this article, and, and the subtitle is, you know, some beneficiaries are entitled to interest on their inheritance starting one year. After death, article uh, credit to Rudy Mazetta, who wrote this article and and had it published in um, Advisors Edge magazine. Executors have one year, generally, starting from the date of death, to gather the deceased's assets and administer an estate before having to make distributions. This period, a rule under common law, is known as the executor's year. After the executor's year, beneficiaries, particularly a legatee, you're familiar with that term, Ted, a legatee? Uh, that would be someone who takes part of your legacy. Correct. Yes. So I think the words are related to each other. Legacy, legatee. Mm-hmm. That's how it works, if I'm not wrong. So the beneficiary, the, the legatee beneficiary uh, set to receive a bequest or a specific gift under the estate rather than a residual share can compel executors to begin paying out estate assets. Okay. So far, so good. The executor's year gives executors breathing room to administer the estate, but with the expectation, which is also in common law, that they have a duty to get going. So you can't just sit on it for mm-hmm. you know until it's convenient for you to start doing the work. And it's work. And that's why it's it's easy for people to procrastinate. Because if you're if you're busy, if you're you got a full-time job and young kids and you know other things to do you're a busy person now you got to do the work required to settle somebody's estate it's a lot of work during the executor's year an executor will will identify and gather estate assets pay estate expenses and debts and the executor is also responsible for filing tax returns and there could be multiple tax returns mm-hmm. the timeline tends to become contentious when beneficiaries become frustrated with what they see as an undue delay in distribution. So this is easy to understand, I, I think, because, you know, the, the benefit... I always say the kids are starving. The kids are starving. They they want their inheritance like yesterday. And if they think that the executor is stalling or dragging his or her feet or something like that, they are going to get frustrated and they're going to start saying, hey, what's what's going on? And I've said this before as well. The executor has an obligation to report to beneficiaries. Beneficiaries are entitled to see the part of the will which which names them as a beneficiary. And that's for, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That's for reporting. That's for, um, uh, so, so that the beneficiary knows that if the will says, let's just, for example, the will says they're entitled to get 25,000 bucks, they get 25,000 bucks. If they don't see that part of the will and you give them 25,000 bucks because you're the executor, well, they don't know. They, they're not going to take your word for it. You know, is this the right amount? Should, should I have received 50,000 bucks and you're only giving me 25? You know what I mean? It's, it's for credentials. But um, that's why there, there's an obligation there to report to the beneficiary. So if a beneficiary, along the same lines here, if a beneficiary brought a court application, a judge would consider how effectively and diligently the executor had administered the estate under the presumption that estate assets should be gathered and, and legacies paid during the executor's year. And this brings me to the to a comment about the number of children, I guess, are, that are involved in the, in the estate. My father passed a few years ago. I was his only child. Mm-hmm. And we had everything set up. It was easy peasy because a I own avoidprobate.ca, and b I didn't have to answer to anybody. Right. So, but you know, if there's three kids, four kids, uh, six kids, <laughs> quite often I guess it's safe to say not everybody gets along. I'm start. You know, I see that when I go to meetings and, and have these discussions with people. There's a black sheep. You know, I don't. I hope that's not a. A derogatory term. Well, I guess it's derogatory, but I hope it's not too offensive. Black sheep in the family, then um, that person could be be a source of conflict, and and not just conflict, but they could say they could be putting pressure on the executor. Hey, like what's going on? This should happen faster. You should have waited. You, you know, you should have sold. Should have waited to sell the house, or you should have sold it quicker. I mean, you, there's some people that you know you're never going to please, right? 
so when there's multiple beneficiaries, this is this becomes more problematic than if it's just an only child. And that also ties into other parts of the estate plan when it comes to adding a joint owner. I say it all the time. I don't like joint accounts, mm-hmm. but I definitely don't like it when there's like four kids. You don't you don't need four people on the account. But if there's one child, well, I can I will admit that there can be some uh, scenarios where maybe having the adult child as a joint owner isn't isn't terrible. But it still, it still leads to exposure, which is a concern. But anyway, we can talk about that another time. If you have more questions about that, give me a call. Carrying on with this article, with most estates, executors can collect assets and pay out bequests, if not residual shares, within the first year after the deceased's death. However, here we go. This is, this is where it gets juicy and we tie it into the probate stuff. However, Estate administration today takes longer than in years past due to several factors. For example, depending on where the deceased lived, there may be a backlog of several months before an executor is able to obtain a certificate of probate from a provincial court. Now, in my mind, that's being kind. That's being generous. The probate process needs to take place in the municipality in which the deceased person lived. Okay? So if you live up north... You probate it up north. And if you live in the GTA, you probate it in the GTA. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the GTA and you got to go through probate, uh, several months, no. If you were lucky, it was several months pre-COVID. The courts were closed for a year and a half. The probate courts were backed up pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Then they closed them for a year and a half. Well, people died during that year and a half of court closure time. Yeah. So the backlog, you can imagine I always say 10 months, and I think 10 months, in fact, I don't think it, I know 10 months is still being kind, and that's if everything's clean. If there's any errors or any challenges or any problems at all, forget it. You are years in the probate court, years. We have clients who who it it took five years or more to get the probate process completed. So I think they're being kind in this article. It goes on to say, further, if the deceased died owning property, say a vacation home, in another province or outside Canada, it may be necessary to obtain probate and or other necessary clearances for that property from the other jurisdiction as well. And that may, that took me back to, boy, almost a year ago, I'd, I'd say, close to a year ago, when we had the, remember, we had the cross-border expert, were you here for that show? I think I think you were, mm-hmm. maybe not. Mm-hmm. We, we, we brought in this cross-border expert to talk about probate, probate issues with regards to snowbirds. Yep. Okay. We're going we're gonna to have to bring this guy back. He was a great guest. He said he'd, he'd love to come back. It's been a while. So let's, we'll, we'll uh, I'll reach out to him again and, and we'll bring him back because there's so much cross-border stuff to talk about with regard to probate and um, taxation and stuff like that for our snowbird listeners. I know we're coming up to our, our next break here, but I want to just add one more uh, thought here from this article. It says, executors also need to wait for clearance from the Canada Revenue Agency, CRA, formerly known as Revenue Canada, right? mm. for old people like us. You have to wait for a clearance certificate from Revenue Canada uh, that all tax liabilities related to the estate have been paid. This step protects them, protects the executor from personal liability. I mean, that's that's. I touched on this in the beginning about why you don't want to be an executor in Ontario. There is per, you are there is personal liability potentially. Should further liabilities arise, but will also delay distribution. In recent years, stricter regulatory requirements, including stronger privacy legislation, have further delayed state administration. So getting back to the um, personal liability issue, I've mentioned a few times, you can buy executor insurance. That is a thing. I don't sell it. I'm not licensed to sell it. I don't want to sell it. I say that every time I mention it because I'm not plugging it for my for my own sake here at avoidprobate.ca. Avoidprobate.ca is not a charity. We're we're you know we're a for profit uh, enterprise, and we're helping people avoid probate. And if you're under the age of 85, usually we can avoid the probate at no cost to you, which is fantastic because it's it's a nightmare, and you can avoid it quite easily with uh, the solution that we have, which involves transferring. Investments from the bank, where they are today, over to an insurance company, where the rules are different, and now we can put a beneficiary on that investment that didn't have one before, and that is all it takes to avoid the probate on that money. We can also avoid the probate on the property. Like when I say property, I mean real estate, the house, the cottage, that kind of thing. 
And uh, that usually involves something called a bear trust, which I'm not going to get into today. But we certainly have had a lot of interest from callers and listeners about the bear trust. Everyone wants to know more about it because nobody has heard of it before, uh, which I find interesting. Um, just side note real quick. I just had a meeting, lovely lady and an, and an adult child. And we talked about the bear trust. She's got a home and a cottage. And I mentioned we can avoid the probate on both using the bear trust. And she said to me, well, okay. Um, I'll, I'll ask my lawyer. And I said, yep, okay, fine. We've got a lawyer on the team, of course, who can do this work. That's how, that's how we know what we know about it, because we've got the best uh, lawyers, best estate planners, best re- um, real estate lawyers, etc., in my opinion, in the province. So, but my question to her was, okay, when you call this guy or girl, I don't know who, what the gender of the lawyer is, you know, and you mention the bear trust and ask them, she said, well, what do I say? Well, ask them if they're familiar with the strategy and if, you know, what they think of it and if they're in a position to uh, implement it for you. And, and if so, you know, get a quote as, as to what they think it might cost for the bear trust to be drafted. There's a charge. The, the lawyers don't work for free, of course. And then I thought, you know, at the same time, if, if they say yes, 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 we can do this, then my next question would be, well, why didn't you mention this to me before? Mm-hmm. Like this lady's, uh, I'm trying to think how old she is. I think she's, well, I don't want to say her age, but, uh, you know, she's she's not a teenager. So she's had her will redone recently. Okay, well, you've had the will redone. Why wouldn't the lawyer mention the bare trust when, you, when he's doing the will and the powers of attorney? That's just a question I would have. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that for now. So let's take another quick break here, and we'll pick up on this article as well as a few more interesting items relating to probate as soon as we get back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn and I avoided probate. Our story begins when Marilyn paid a visit to her mom's bank. She noticed something odd. She had 100% of her money tied up in GICs, making 1%. It wasn't enough to sustain her. She was dipping into her capital big time. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs as she ages. She had acquired power of attorney. No, you can't do anything with her accounts. They're in her name. And that was that. I was overwhelmed by everything. I didn't know what to do. That's when Jason from avoidprobate.ca stepped in. There was a sense of urgency because Marilyn's mother is no spring chicken. This process takes time, and I didn't know how much time we had. He walked me through what I should do when I went to the bank, what I should say to them. Not only that, Jason went with Marilyn to the bank. They weren't happy that I was sitting across the table from them in the office, and they knew that we were trying to move this money. But I knew that we had a right to do that, and that it was the right thing to do. Persistence paid off, and we got the transfer done in time. So many seniors have these GICs at the bank. They will be probated. They will be frozen. They're paying next to nothing. And they're locked in with maturity dates. It drives me crazy. I don't understand why anybody buys these things. There are much better options out there. And sometimes we can do this transfer at no cost to the account holder. Should you get in touch with avoidprobate.ca? Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca because, by definition, you can't put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at the bank. You can put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at an insurance company. The rules are different. I felt that the banks thought I was a thief, but Jason made me feel so much better. I know we've done the right thing. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Have the conversation with your parents and avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. And good morning. Thank you for joining us on this Sunday morning here for the latest edition of the Avoid Probate Show, and we invite you to join us each Sunday. And we also invite you to call or email with your questions or your comments, suggestions. It can be positive, too, or negative. We're cool with that, too. And we'll try to reply to each and every one of them. Info at avoidprobate.ca. That's the way to get a hold of Jason in terms of an email. If you'd like to call and leave a message, 1-844-667-7628, 1-844-667-7628. Jason's mom will answer the phone. Hi, Mom. And be polite to her. And we've got a lot of great stuff on the website, by the way, which is uh, www.avoidprobate.ca, including a free probate calculator. <laughs> you can play around with that and get an idea of how much probate 
might be uh, payable on your estate. And there's also a button you can press that says, listen to the show, and you can access past programs again. So take advantage of all that. It's it's free, just as this show is. Free and easy, Jace. That's us, Ted. Free and easy, right? Yeah. That's how we roll? That's how we roll. So I think it's interesting to... Um, okay, I just want to uh, carry on with this article for a second, because... I'm sure there's listeners who will find it interesting when I say that legatee beneficiaries, we could just call them beneficiaries, I guess, maybe that's easier, who are set to receive a a cash bequest are entitled to interest on the amount starting one year after death until they receive the gift, even if factors beyond the executor's control caused the delay. I think that's really interesting because... Listen, it's not going to get settled in a year. There's no way. Like this, this um, executive's year thing, I think that's uh, that's ancient history, uh, the concept. Because, well, I'm gonna, I've got another. Uh, well, where does this interest money come from? It comes from the estate. So you know, if mom said you're entitled to 100 grand, but uh, Uncle Joe took like three years to get it sorted out, well, now your 100 grand is 100 grand plus interest from the estate. I mean, it has to come from the estate. Well, somebody has to lose it then. I mean, I, I'm, you could you could try and get it from Uncle Joe as well, and that happens, and that's why I said um, there's executor insurance because if Uncle Joe, who was supposed to settle this thing and have it wrapped up, you know, ASAP, and and he didn't for whatever reason, he's liable. And I said that that's you don't want to be an exec- executor in Ontario because there's li- there's personal liability attached to it. Hence the new um, executor insurance option, which I I so I promote it, I support it. Again, I don't sell it. But um, I, I think it's a good idea. And people are building this into their wills now. They're building the request for part of the estate money to cover the cost of insurance mm. on, on the executor. This rule about, you know, even if it's beyond the executor's control, well, probate is beyond the executor's control. Well, sort of. You know, the guy, you can't sit on it. You've got to file the probate application as soon as you can. You could decide to do nothing for six months before you even file the application, and of course that's just going to delay everything by six months. But I guess, you know, the other reason, the other point I'm trying to make by sharing this article is our solution here to avoiding the probate avoids all of this stuff. So if we do the transfer of assets over to the insurance company and mom now is is able to say, okay, Billy gets this, Tom gets this, Frank gets this, like as a percentage of the account, 30%, 20%, whatever the number is, you know, it's entirely up to mom to divvy up the value to the beneficiaries any way that she wants to. And and that's not locked in. She can change her mind if she wants to change her mind anytime, that she, anytime before she loses capacity, she could change her mind. And then, you know, if, if, if everything is set up like that, then none of this matters. None of it. There's no, there's no such thing as an executor's year because when mom passes, the, you know, you provide the executor provides a death certificate. The insurance company looks at the death certificate, looks at who the beneficiaries are, cuts the checks. That's it. So there's no fuss or muss. There's no probate delays to worry about. Well, like I said, we can div- we can avoid the probate on the house as well. Technically, we can avoid the probate entirely if if people want to do that, and lots of people do want to do that. So that's a good thing because. You avoid all this mess with the with the executor, and then you you know it doesn't speak to the will at all, mm-hmm. right? The money that the insurance company pays out doesn't even speak to the will, so it's possible if you, it's all set up at the insurance company that you don't even need a will. There's there's no there's nothing to the the will applies to if the insurance company has beneficiaries on 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 the system and just pays out to the beneficiaries. It takes care of it. So that's. That's such something I, want, I wanted the listeners to think about it in that context. It's a bit of a, those are broad strokes. I'm not saying nobody needs a will. I'm not saying that for sure. But I am saying that the money that we're avoiding the probate on by recreating a portfolio at the insurance company, that money is not governed by what the will says. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's leave this article aside here. Um, we, we got most of it. We got through most of it. But I wanted to real quick before... We run out of time again. You know, in relation to that topic, I found another article which kind of uh, uh, pertains more to Ontario specifically um, because the Advisor Ed magazine is a national publication and they make uh, references to BC and stuff, which I didn't share. But there is an article I found uh, doing this research and it's called How Long After Probate Can Funds Be Distributed in Ontario? So along the same vein, you know, it says after probate's been granted, now, 
after probate's been granted, and it says it usually takes six to 12 months to settle the estate and distribute property, gifts, and other entitlements to beneficiaries. But remember, the probate process itself is going to take the better part of a year, if not longer. So there's no way this person, this executor, is going to have all this done inside the quote-unquote executor's year. There might have been a time, and I guess if you live in a small rural area where the probate court isn't backlogged like it is in the GTA, okay, maybe that's different. Uh, going on, this this article that I found online says, well, it just says what I just said, but the actual probate process can take some time. The executor first needs to gather all financial documentation related to the estate, usually for an estate lawyer, because most people don't want to do this themselves, especially if you've done it, if you've never done it before, you're doing it for the first time, you don't have, you don't have a clue. I get it. How would you know what to do? How would mm-hmm. you know where to begin, right? And we get that question all the time. Mm-hmm. Where, what do I do? So those items that need to be gathered, here's, a, here's a, um, an incomplete list, okay? But just to give you an idea, bank account statements, tax returns, yeah, good luck with that. Investment <laughs> investment portfolio statements, real estate records, good luck with that, life insurance policies, records of debt, pension plans, and company share ownership records. So, holy cow, like, can you imagine, like, I'm not going to repeat the list, but that's daunting. That is da- that's a daunting task. Well, when you and, say tax returns, how many years? I don't know. It depends, I guess. It depends on what the estate lawyer thinks is, is necessary. Um, it's a good question. Well, certainly... And one or two, I guess. It goes on to say what can also take a long time is obtaining original signed consent and or renunciations. There's that term renunciation again that are required from all beneficiaries to include with the probate application. Each beneficiary needs to be located, sent hard copy forms and return signed documents before the application can move forward. Holy cow. How long is that going to take? An estate lawyer can help with this part of the process. I mentioned that the beneficiaries are entitled to know what their entitlement is. And so that all has to happen. Like hard copies, you've got to find these people. I guess it's easy sometimes when it's a close family member and, and there's one kid maybe, but, you know, not some. Well, we talked a little bit uh, a few weeks ago about a beneficiary being in Germany. Um, the, the guys here. And, and his brothers in Germany, mm-hmm. and and I hear and I've heard uh, benefit. I have we have clients with beneficiaries all over the world. Sure, safe to say, especially the United States. Just you know, have clients. It's it's not uncommon. The kids got jobs in the U.S. No. and that's where they are. Uh, after the application is filed, the time it takes to grant probate can vary by the court. As I mentioned, it just depends on how busy they are. In rural areas, the process can take days or weeks. I doubt it. In urban centers like Toronto, the process can take many months. That's what it says. And again, we've said that several times already this morning. Many months can be many, many, many months. And that's if it's a clean uh, application. Errors get made on these applications all the time. I mentioned uh, when the province revamped the rules back in 2015, they created a new uh, filing requirement, a new form, brand new form called the Estate Information Return. It's form 9955. It's seven pages long. That's where you list all of the assets that uh, you need to pay the probate on. And it requires so much detail and just completing this form because you need to know you know, who's on the account? What the what the if it's joint? What's the what's the ratio of the joint ownership? Who's the advisor? The advisor's phone number? What's the value? What's the ACB? What's the fair market value? Like it's just it's it's a lot of work, and that's why most people will need to hire somebody to help them out, whether it's a lawyer or a certified executor advisor. That's an option. Where you don't have time today, I have another article about uh, TFSAs and how they get treated upon the the death of the TFSA owner. And the article is actually written by the president of the organization that creates the certified executor advisors. And so I'll save that. I'll have to save that for another time because we're not going to have time to get there today. Tell you what, let's. We do have a, a pretty good sized mailbag, and I know that's a popular segment of the show, Ted. So yep. why don't we uh, break here a little bit earlier so that we can maybe spend a little extra time doing some mailbag stuff right after this quick message. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Avoid problems you didn't know you had. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid all that red tape. Avoidprobate.ca 
Avoid high fees. Avoidprobate.ca. Avoid a long wait. Avoidprobate.ca. Avoid expensive fines. Avoidprobate.ca. Avoid uncertainty. Avoidprobate.ca. Don't wait. Avoidprobate.ca. This is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Avoid Probate Show with Jason Laidler, the founder, president, CEO, and uh, Grand Poobah of Avoid Probate. Bottle washer. Bottle washer. And me, Ted Wallison, his chauffeur. <laughs> so, uh, time to go to the mailbag. And with that, we remind, me, remind you that you can, too, participate in, simply by firing off a question to us. And the email is info at avoidprobate.ca. Or you can call and... Let us know that way as well, one 7628 And we will get to your email right now. Hi, Jason. This hi, is Ted. not me. This is oh, I thought you were saying hi. I'm now playing the role of the writer. Okay, good. Okay. It suits you. Hi, Jason. I'm very interested in getting a bear trust. I didn't see any info on your website. I probably there. Please let me know where to find it. I'd like to read up on it a bit before speaking to someone so I might be able to ask better questions. Never miss your radio show, especially Ted. He's great. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I did that. <laughs> I'll be listening tomorrow morning. Thanks. You know, the thing is, don't feel bad that you don't know the answers because that's why we're here to get Oh, absolutely. The oh, of and, course. And if you can't find it on the website, it may not be there. It may website. not be there. And I, and I was going to say that. And I, but first, I was going to say may, maybe it's not a good idea if Ted reads these emails if he's going to embellish and ad lib like that. But anyway. The last, uh, last one. That's the last one. Yeah. Like okay. For, I'm sure. All right, so in response, the first thing I have to admit, I hold my hands up to this and say, I don't create my website. I pay people to do that. I'm not a techie guy. I've said that on the show before. So I actually don't even know if there's a a page on the Bear Trust on the website or not. But what I do know is that avoidprobate.ca, that's us, right? That's the name of the company. This is the Avoid Probate Show, and it's brought to you by a company called avoidprobate.ca. The avoidprobate.ca, which is the website, and that's not a coincidence. You can go to the website address on your computer and type in avoidprobate.ca, and you'll go right to the website. You don't have to do a Google search if you know the web address is avoidprobate.ca, which it is. Where I'm going with this is we are also now the proud owners of a website called beartrust.ca. We got so much enthusiasm and enthusiastic interest on this bear trust concept as a way of avoiding probate on property. We bought it. We bought beartrust.ca. Now, that's B A R E as in naked. Yes. Not as in the animal. Right. And it is, and that's why it's also called a naked trust. And that's why it's called a bear trust. And it's referred to that in that way because it's a, I guess I should say it's a stripped down version of a trust to keep the uh, analogy going. Uh, stripped down version in the sense it's not like a normal trust. It doesn't create a tax event when the property is put inside the trust. And interestingly, the uh, trustees don't have the same authority that they would have in a normal trust. So when you put the property in a bare trust, you don't lose any control over the property. You can sell the house or the cottage or whatever the property looks like. You can sell it anytime you want, and nobody can oppose the sale. The trustee cannot oppose the sale. So that's why it's B-A-R-E slash naked, because mm-hmm. it's a reduced you know, example of what a normal trust would look like. So... I will check to see where, if and where there's any info on the existing website about the Bear Trust. And if not, there really should be. And that's something I'll, I'll have a conversation with my, my with my tech people, my web website people about that. But I wanted to let the, the listeners know that soon, like don't go to beartrust.ca today because it's not, it doesn't exist. It exists, but it's not published. We are building it. Mm-hmm. So the, the web people who do all this techie stuff for us in the background, they're working on creating something. But if somebody has a problem right now with Bear Trust, they can still contact you. Absolutely. We are doing Bear Trust work every day. Right. Because we get that call every day. In fact, I just had a meeting, Ted, with a, a lovely young lady in her early 80s. She's got three children, mm-hmm. but only one of them is interested in the family cottage. She has a house in the city. That's where we had the meeting. We, we I, should, I should maybe mention, we come to you. Like, 
people will often ask me, well, where's your office? Okay, there's an office. It's in North York. I hardly ever go there because I don't need to go there. There's nothing for me to do in the office. And frankly, I don't really want to be there because I'm busy driving you know, from London to Sault Ste. Marie, to, uh, back to Scarborough, to Guelph, wherever, Newmarket, Uxbridge, wherever, all over the place. We, we do service the whole province. And so it's just really most of the time a lot easier for us to come to you, whether it's myself or one of our other advisors will come to your place because that's where you're comfortable and that's where your records are because sometimes I need to see a, a statement of some kind to answer the question or or if, if we're going to do the transfer from the bank over the insurance company, I need a void check. Uh, that's just for ID purposes. I need other ID. I might, you don't know, if you don't know your social insurance number, then you might have to go find it. So it's just a lot easier, uh, we find, most of the time for us to come to you. And so that's what I did in this, this case I'm talking about now with the lady with the three children in the cottage. I can't remember where the cottage is. The cottage is obviously not in the city. I think she said, anyway, north of the city. I don't want to say exactly where. What I'm getting at is we're going to use a bear trust in this case. She'd never heard of it. She's recently had her will redone. I don't know how many times she's had her will redone. And, I, and I've said this on the show before as well. And people will say to me, Jason, I've had my will done like three times, and the lawyer's never mentioned a bear trust. Like, what's going on? Is, you know, is this thing legit? Is it real? What's going on? Well, what do you, I don't know what to say to that. Uh, maybe. Well, I, I can say this. Obviously not all lawyers are created equal. Well, that goes you know, with any industry. I'm not picking on lawyers when I say that. Uh, advi- advisors, bricklayers, accountants, uh, you know, whatever. And the other thing I remind people is that uh, lawyers make their living often probating estates. So is there a built-in conflict of interest? I don't know. You tell me. So we're going to do a bear trust for this lady and, and her children and the one. But it's important to explain that it doesn't change the taxation, like the federal taxation, the capital gains, the tax you got to pay, the tax return stuff. Nothing, None of that is affected. None of that changes because... Probate is a provincial matter. The province of Ontario sets the rate at 1.5%, which I say is the highest in the country, and that's a death tax grab, according to some people. It's the last, uh, well, other than your final income tax return, it's the last tax you'll pay. But it is a revenue source for the province of Ontario, and that's why they, they changed the rules drastically in 2015 and didn't make the process any more fun not that it was fun before, that's for sure, but I mentioned the new estate information return that needs to be completed, and there's other new requirements, and there's new deadlines, and there's new penalties, and the penalties are, are terrible, like they're brutal penalties, fines and, and prison and or both. But you really got to be uh, trying to rip the province off, like in a big way, you're not, before you go to jail. But oh, I, would, I guess you can't say it's never happened, right? People forget to list certain assets <laughs> on the estate information return so that they, they can save another, they can save three grand or I don't know, whatever the number is. But you got to be so careful because getting back to the point uh, we made earlier with, about siblings, if there's any sibling rivalry or if there's a beneficiary who's got an axe to grind and that beneficiary thinks or finds out that uh, whoever's doing the probate application, if they think they're, they're not being fully wholesome is that is that how I should put it like f- you know fully honest mm-hmm. and they call the province and say no it's bogus that application is inaccurate and bogus oh man you got a problem so yeah you got to be careful you got to be by the book and that's what we expect most people to, to do is do it by the book and we're here to help okay so uh, carrying on with the mailbag um, I'm gonna pick up where Ted left off because I just want to talk about another couple of other meetings that we had recently. I did meet with a, a lady also in her 80s uh, and one of her adult children. So I love that. I love it when that happens. I love it when it's mom and one or more of the kids. I call them kids. They're, you know, mom's 90, the kid's like 65, right? So, but you know what I mean. And But it just it makes it easier for everybody if we can do it that way. I feel more comfortable. They feel more comfortable. Sizable investment account at one of the big banks. We're in the process of transferring it to one of the big Canadian insurance companies so that it does not get stuck in the probate nightmare for 10 or more months. What's interesting here is that the split between the two children, the, uh, the one of the kids was in the meeting, one of them was not. And the split, in, in other words, the, the beneficiary designation that's happening between the two children to 60-plus-year-old children, it's not 50-50. So 
Can you imagine why it might not be 50-50, Ted? Because one of them was probably uh, aided during difficult times over the past few years. Exactly. Because very seldom when you have, let's say you have three children, the odds of all three of them uh, being equal financially and on equal equal ground, the odds are that somebody has gone through a tougher time. Maybe Maybe they have... You know, suddenly two sets of twins show up in their life, and it's like, wow, I need money. So you have to start taking some money. Exactly. So, so, so that's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. And um, that's what happened here. I think it was a 25-75 split for that very reason. Uh, Mom helped the one child out already. I just remembered there is another. Well, one e- of the kids turns out to be a professional hockey player. is making $18 million a year, and the other one is making $75,000 a year. Do you think they should get the money equally? I don't no, know. exactly. That happens all the time. So listen, let me take a minute here and sure. read. Uh, this is from, you know, we had her Mother's Day promotion, and uh, we, were, we gave it away to a woman who was, had written such a beautiful note about her late mother. Yeah. And her name is Francesca, the woman who wrote this. I'm just going to paraphrase what she had written to us. Well, this is Dear Jason, but she means really me. What a delightful surprise to uh, receive your most kind email with such a sweet gift commemorating my dear mother, Patricia Ann. Your kindness so touches my heart. I'm sorry I missed your show yesterday, and hearing this fun news that I won your special contest, Murphy's Law, that day I had a Zoom conference from Germany at the same time, which with the time change got me up quite early yesterday morning. My mother was a real brick. She had two sets of twins in less than two years, of which I am a baby. My twin brother is 20 minutes older. With all good wishes and love to you, your family, and your great program, especially that co-host, you are the best. <laughs> Thought we were zooming. Thank no you, more ad-libbing happening. Francesca, am, am, I, am I out of line here, uh, Kelly? Or what, what's the story? Should I not, not be mentioning my name in these letters? What are you asking Kelly for? I don't know, because I don't <laughs> want to ask you. Anyway, listen, Francesca, enjoy it. And, um, and as you were enjoying great memories of your mom. Yes, and congratulations again, Francesca. And thank you. For the lovely thank you. It was it was very sweet of you. I think we're uh, coming up against the clock here, Mr. Walshin. Um, I think we're... Oh, we're but before, before we sign off, though, mm. I just wanted to say, Francesca mentioned her mother was a real brick. I don't think I've ever heard that expression before, and I thought, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, I think it's a good thing. I'm sure it's a good thing, but... It's a good thing. A brick. It's a good thing. So if I call you a brick, you're not going to be offended? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've called you that. All right, let's not go there. Anyway, it's a family show, Ted. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your kind words towards me. Yes, thank you uh, very much, (laughs) Zoomers, for joining us on this beautiful Sunday morning again. Hopefully, you will join us again uh, next Sunday. We will talk about more probate stuff, and hopefully you'll learn something. I want to say thank you to our awesome producer behind the glass. Thank you, Kelly, for all the hard work you're doing back there. Don't forget your uh, flamingos. Yeah, Kelly gets to take these flamingos home, so she's pretty excited about that. Thanks to Ted Walsh for his decades of radio excellence. And once again, uh, we'll be back next Sunday, Ted. Uh, can you make it? Can you join us? I will look forward to that. Yeah, me too. All right. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.